0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group, the team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973 and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Writer Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What's going on everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host Gary Kester here with you as always and with me as always is Hani Amadian. We are here t- today to talk about Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals that did not go the Lakers' way. The Lakers fall to the Denver Nuggets 114-106, to 106. so we'll be going over today. If you're joining us live on this uh, on this stream, on this podcast, whether it's YouTube, uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, as always. Just go find us on uh, Lakers Outsiders. You can follow us on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders, and you can like us on Facebook as well. We'll be streaming on all three of those, uh, so be sure to... Uh, Follow us and subscribe on all three of those platforms and you can get our, our live reactions. And you can join us in the chat. I know this is this is a safe place to come and vent because tonight was a very, very frustrating game. Hani, you got to tweet the game today. How how irritating was it? Like, I was just tweeting from my own account and I was like, man, I'm really glad I'm not tweeting from the Lakers Outsiders account tonight.
1: It's uh, These kind of games are always frustrating to tweet out because obviously we have... A ton of uh, followers I love talking about the game with us, and it's really entertaining and really fun when, when the Lakers are winning, but when it's uh, losses are coming and people are getting blamed, it is really frustrating. This game in general was just, uh, man, it, it was really a, a tough watch because basically from the get-go, even in the first quarter when the game was close, um, it felt like the Lakers just were not matching the Nuggets' intensity, and that's something that we – I don't think we've seen that in the playoffs at all uh, this year. I think even in the two games that they lost to the Blazers and the Rockets, I don't think it was ever really an effort problem. It was maybe shots aren't falling, Maybe they're not um, uh, executing as well as you would think. But in this game, it really did feel like it was an effort issue. And we've raved about the Lakers all year in terms of uh, just how hard they play and especially during this postseason. So... Um, you know, it, it was just really frustrating for them to kind of not do that for once. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it was, I, I, at the same time have a lot of words, but I'm also kind of speechless at how they came out tonight. I was really surprised. And I think the the main reason I was surprised with how lackadaisical they were for roughly three quarters and some change was the first two series. When it was 1-1 in each, Lakers came out and took game three. When they had a chance to put a stranglehold on the series and go up 3-1, they they did so in pretty convincing fashion. Um, To a lesser extent, in game five against the the Blazers, they kind of just kind of sleepwalked through that one a little bit until they had to turn it on and then turned it on and and ended the series. But against the Rockets, it just felt like when they they had a chance to really – deliver a haymaker, they took the opportunity. And in this game they just didn't. It looked like a a game where they I don't I don't know. I felt like they kinda thought that the Nuggets because of the fashion that they won game two, where it was just this demoralizing game winner that if Anthony Davis just misses that, the Nuggets steal a game and it's one one. Anybody's series but I think the Lakers thought, oh, we had just hit this three that's back-breaking for them. Puts us up 2-0 instead of it being 1-1. These guys just played really well and still lost. It's going to be demoralizing. We've got these guys. All we got to do is show up. They learned a very hard lesson tonight. And it's frustrating for us to watch. But maybe this is the the type of wake-up call that they needed with this team. That, hey, you're not just going to show up and beat these guys. There's a reason why they've come back from a 3-1 deficit two times.
1: Yeah, Um Exactly, kind of what we talked about coming into the series. The Nuggets are literally the resilient team of these playoffs, and I, I think I also kind of think it's it's almost disrespectful to keep calling them that because I think they're also just a really goddamn good team. Like I would venture to say they are by far the best team the Lakers have played in the playoffs. They're much better than the Blazers, and I I would say that they're much better than the Rockets. Um, they ha- they're deep to they have superstar level players they uh adjust to the lakers they've really forced the lakers to play um in ways that they're not comfortable and i think the lakers kind of uh after having so many sort of easy games now they're kind of having a a little bit more of a playoff experience it's like oh this team is making us not play perfect games like we kind of played against the rockets those last few uh you know wins um, this is a team that's making us have to really gut it out to get wins, just like in game two, which, again, easily could have been a Nuggets win if not for a heroic shot, which, by the way, looks even more important now, because if AD doesn't hit that shot, obviously, who knows how the Lakers come into this game and maybe they don't sleepwalk through it, but you're potentially looking at a 2-1 deficit, and that's a much different series than even you know the 1-0 deficits in the other series. Um, but I, I do hope that this is kind of a turning point for them of like, all right, we got to, if, if they haven't been taking this team seriously before now, they they really got to start because it's kind of dangerous territory.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree that it's dangerous territory. I, I do think that if AD misses that shot, the Lakers come out with a much different effort tonight. But, you know, it, it, it is what it is at this point. You know, the Lakers had a chance to really go up 3-0 and really put this series Pretty much on ice, and and put the Nuggets in a situation that even this team hasn't come back from in these playoffs. But they they didn't. The effort was just poor. I thought Michael Malone did a much better job making adjustments for this game than Frank Vogel did. We saw some of the same issues that the Lakers encountered after they went up 16 in the second half in the last game. the The, the Nuggets continue to pack the paint. LeBron struggles to get to the basket. The jumper was was just way off for the vast majority of the night. Uh, there were times he was missing way left or way right. Uh, AD's kind of settling a little bit, but yeah, I, I don't know. I did not think this was a great game for Vogel and anybody that's listened to this pod all year knows that we've been very uh, complimentary of Vogel and this just wasn't it tonight. You know, I was very, I was very disappointed in, in basically how the team was prepared, but not only, not just, I mean, how the team was prepared because I thought, you know, their effort just sucked. I thought the effort just sucked yeah. and that's I mean a little bit on the coach but I most of that blame goes to the players. You guys got to play hard and when you don't, you're playing against a Nuggets team that is going to play hard and a Nuggets team that probably understood that hey, we got to come out and give this our all because if we go down 3-0 we're in big trouble. And the Lakers weren't ready for it and that's really disappointing to me from a veteran you know, a veteran heavy team a team that has championship experience on it, guys that have been there before and understand the situation. And like I said, it's just – it was disappointing to see because I I really was confident going into this game that all right, we kind of got away with one with AD, you know, hitting that three to win game two. I felt like this team would seize the opportunity to really put this team on the ropes, and they just didn't. The Nuggets deserve a ton of credit. As frustrating as the officiating has been the last two games, I don't think you can – I don't think we can blame the officiating for this game. The Nuggets were just flat out better. They just played harder. And, I mean, the, the telling stat for me in this game was the rebounds. The The yeah. Lakers have 25 rebounds as a team. 25. Especially for a team as big as they are. That's that's crazy. Especially LeBron had nine. I don't think anybody else had more than three. Uh, Or, no, excuse me, that was defensive rebounds. LeBron had ten. Danny Green was yeah. second on the team with four. That's just that's inexcusable, especially for a Nuggets team that also isn't overly big. I mean, they got a lot of wings and a lot of guards. Um, I mean, they got Jokic and Plumlee, so they do have a couple big guys. But the Lakers are bigger than this team, and they should not get dominated on the glass like that. The Nuggets dominated, forty-four to twenty-five on the glass. AD only has two rebounds in this game. I don't think. I think Javale had one. Yeah, Javale had one, and Dwight also only had one one rebound. Like to me, that's 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 the game right there. Like if you wanted to look at one stat from this game and, and think what went wrong for the Lakers, that just kind of exemplifies their effort in this game and it just wasn't good enough.
1: Yeah, um, and, you know, some of it, I think is schematic in terms of the nuggets uh, really since really since game two, just making a point of emphasis of crowding the paint and making sure the Lakers can't get inside. I think ad's shots in this game kind of seemed and, and even in the second half of the last game, seem to keep coming from further and further out from the basket. Uh, I think Dwight hasn't been impactful since game one, really. I don't think JaVale has been impactful at all this series. Um, And I don't think LeBron feels completely comfortable driving into the paint because every time he goes, there's multiple bodies there waiting to draw a charge on him. Um, But, you know, schematic side, there's also just, like you said, the effort level and getting four rebounds from your three centers effectively is – truly unacceptable giving up nine offensive rebounds on the seemingly few shots that denver missed all game is pretty unacceptable and you know uh, besides that the the turnover problems the not getting out uh to to run and, and try to get into your offense quicker a lot of that um you know obviously a lot of it is is stra- strategy but I, I think a huge part of it is that effort issue and i don't Wanted to be so reductive that we say, oh, if the Lakers play hard, they win this game. Cause that's not in, really entirely true either. They just, they also didn't execute well and the Nuggets did. Um, and there's shot making and all of that. But uh, <laughs> the the effort level is, I think, a big reason why they fell into a 20 point hole that then they couldn't crawl out of no matter how hard they played in the fourth quarter. And they just had to, they ran out of gas trying to do that.
0: It, it did remind mm-hmm. me a little bit of, <clears throat> So, so a habit we've seen with this team, we saw we've seen with past championship Laker teams, where they try and flip this switch a little bit, where they you know think that sometimes that they can get away with basically playing hard for a quarter and winning a game, and you know a lot of times during the regular season when you're this good, that'll work. We we saw it a number of times. I remember the the game at Chicago early in the year. They basically played well for about ten minutes of that game and still won, and I think ended up winning pretty comfortably, which is crazy to say. That, I mean, they almost got away with it in this game. I mean, they were down 20 at one point. They came storming back. I think they got within two or three in the fourth quarter. Had some opportunities. Uh, KCP had a wide open three that couldn't get to go. Kuzma also had a wide open three. AD, you know, fumbles a uh, three-on-one break by trying to fire a pass back over to Rondo, which I don't know really what the thought process on that was. A three-on-one break and you're a big guy and you got a wing on your right. The point guard is the last option on that, but missed a lot of opportunities even though they they played so poorly in this game and still could have won the game. So, I mean, is that – I guess where is your level of concern right now? Are you more so looking at the fact that this team got right back in the game in the blink of an eye because they finally locked in on defense? They kind of switched it up and went to a zone a little bit, gave the Nuggets a different look? Or, you know, are you more concerned – going forward with the adjustments we've seen, or is it like, are you more optimistic based on what we saw in that fourth quarter?
1: Um, it's a little bit of both for me because uh, I think you and I probably both agree that we haven't really seen a great Lakers game this series, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that we will see a great Lakers game this series. I think the Nuggets are just too good at um, limiting how the Lakers want to play and forcing them to make adjustments. And I, I think at a certain point, we can't just say, well, if the Lakers do this, then they win. If the Lakers do that, they win, because uh, I think that's taking away from what the Nuggets are doing to them. And I think it's a little bit more of a direct uh, you know, result of, of how the Nuggets are playing rather than just how the Lakers are playing. Having said that though, there were moments in this game where I thought the Lakers were gonna storm back and win it. You know, The early third quarter, they'd come back and make it a five point game. Um, and then it seemed like they kind of got really frustrated with the officiating, and uh, as soon as that happened, there were a couple calls that didn't go their way, and all of a sudden the lead ballooned back the other way. Um, and then obviously in the fourth quarter, they they switch up the defense a little bit. They play really really hard, and the refs kind of let them play physical again, and, and it really helps the Lakers out. And they come back, um, and they just run out of gas, and a few decisions here and there, or a few shots rimming in or rimming in or out, or. Uh, Jeremy Grant floater hitting the glass and and dropping in, not going in or whatever, maybe they win this game. But I I am a little bit concerned because I I think the Nuggets have been able to make the Lakers uncomfortable throughout this series, even in the games that they won. Um, And I I think that should be kind of the takeaway from this game is that the Lakers can't really rest on their laurels and, and just assume that, you know, they're going to hit more threes next game, so they're going to win. Um, they got to be able to kind of adjust more to the Nuggets rather than the other way around.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know, I'm not <clears throat> overly concerned. I've, I felt like for the first three quarters, the Nuggets probably played an A-plus game for them. Like, I know, you know, they had, like, Millsap was two of eight in this game, but Jeremy Grant literally had a career high in this game with 26 points. Uh, he got to the free throw line 12 times, which I feel like was probably a. Maybe a career high for him in that regard as well. But 7 of 11 from the field, he had two of those five threes. Jokic was 9 of 14. Jamal Murray was 10 of 17. He had 28 points. I mean, those three right there, 26, 22, 28. And they get 14 off the bench with, with Monte Morris. And, I mean, even Porter was 4 of 6 in this game. I mean, they shot the lights out. Fifty-four point eight percent, and you know a lot of it early on was the Lakers just allowing layups. It was a layup line in that first quarter, and it was extremely mm-hmm. frustrating to watch. And the Nuggets still shoot thirty, basically thirty-eight percent from the three-point line in this game. The-, the yeah, it was it was just extremely frustrating. I'm not overly concerned because I do think the Lakers will make adjustments. I think you'll see some of that zone that we saw mixed in, um, or at the in the fourth quarter, I, th- I think we'll see that mixed in. Uh, for the rest of this series moving forward, kind of throw some different looks at the Nuggets, but to me, the fourth quarter, as you know, as much hope as it gave us that the Lakers could still steal that game, it also kind of irritated the crap out of me because it's like, man, if that's how you guys defend from the get go, like you will beat this team, and I think they will beat them comfortably. Yeah. We've we've said it time and time again this year, it starts and ends on that end of the floor for the Lakers. If they lock in defensively and execute the way the way that they're capable of, it feeds directly into their offense. And we saw it a number of times in that comeback was they were getting steals, forcing turnovers, forcing bad shots, and it was leading to runouts and advantages on the break and easy buckets. That's what this team has got to do. It starts on the defensive end. Obviously, in the half court, there's got to be some adjustments because guys are – the Nuggets are just crowding the, the paint right now and they're waiting for LeBron and AD to drive. I would – I mean – the the best way to counteract that is guys have got to make shots. Danny Green, KCP. I mean, KCP has been pretty good, basically throughout these playoffs except for that first game. But guys have got to make three point shots and bring that defense out a little bit. AD's got to hit threes. I'd like to see them maybe run some some more like um, some more flare screens, some more pin down screens to to free those shooters open. If if those help defenders are going to sag into the paint, you know, have somebody go screen screen them down so that they can't get over with those skip passes. And, you know, you get guys wide open looks and guys have got to knock them down. So, yeah, definitely got to to see some adjustments, but I'm not overly worried. Um, If if it's a 2-2 series, though, we might have a very different conversation. And that's what's frustrating to me is I thought the Lakers had great opportunity to take firm control of this series, just put a stranglehold on it. And now they're another performance like that away from it being a best of three and being anybody's series.
1: Yeah. Or even if they win, it's a 3-1 series, and, and then the Nuggets are just, like, world beaters when it's down 3-1. So I, I, I think there's, like, no winning for the Lakers in Game 4. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Like I said, like we said uh, in the series
0: preview pod, I just want the Lakers to be up 3-1 in this series just so we can see what kind of power, like, the universe has because it's that, it's that whole immovable object or – Oh, unstoppable force meets an immovable object kind of thing because the Lakers have not lost when they're up 3-1 and the Nuggets have also not lost when they're down 3-1. So,
1: If it does end up being a 3-1 series and, and the Lakers end up winning the series, is that a greater accomplishment than coming down from 3-1 for LeBron in the finals? I, I tend to think so.
0: Uh yeah, I mean I would say so, but you know, if if the Lakers win this series in 5 like I predicted, which my prediction still alive, honey's is officially dead. But I don't know, I think if it happens all of a sudden, the road just got super easy for the Lakers. Like out <laughs> of the blue.
1: I I think that's how it works. Uh yeah, I hope uh, a lot of people are talking about how what an easy game this was for for the Lakers that they just got basically destroyed by the top three seed in the Western Conference. What an easy path.
0: We we, we did a flip on this. Going into the, the Blazers series, the Blazers are red hot. The Lakers are in trouble. They can upset the Lakers. Going into the Rockets series, oh, the Lakers have struggled with this team. They're, they're in trouble. The Rockets are going to give them problems. Lakers dominate. All of a sudden, those two series are now labeled easy for the Lakers. And now with this game, since they were talking about it's an easy path – going into today's game we flipped it and now the nuggets won and every nba twitter personality or writer out there is probably saying that the nuggets are now going to win this series in six games so the underdog lakers are back
1: <laughs> this is what we needed we needed a shot in the arm we, we got a little too comfortable as the favorites uh, uh, and you know it, it's, michael uh, porter
0: jr if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs>
1: All right, I, I'm done. I don't, need to say I, don't, I don't know what I was saying. It's not important anymore.
0: I was I was saying what you were thinking uh, subconsciously. So, yeah, no. But the underdog Lakers are back. This is what we needed. I'm going to go – I'm leaning all the way in on this for the next 48 hours. Underdog Lakers <laughs> – underdog up to one Lakers. Uh, w- we're going to get to the finals. We're going to do it.
1: But uh, – <laughs> Just one more thing on, on this idea that it's an easy path, though. And I said this on Twitter, but I want to say it on the show, too. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, honestly, if the Lakers win a ring, why do we have to care if it was an easy or hard road? Who cares? They beat the teams that were in front of them. I... And if if the Clippers and the Bucks were the other two favorites, shouldn't we have respect for the teams that beat them as being really damn good? Like, I, I just I don't understand this this mentality that it's – a an easy road because they're playing not the teams that you thought were going to be the best teams. Uh, maybe you were just wrong. And two, who ca- who cares? <laughs> they're winning a title if they do it. Who cares who they beat?
0: It's it's easier to just undermine a potential Lakers championship than just to say, "Hey, I was wrong." Uh, I totally. mean, yeah, it's that's just what it is. I mean, the, the people's hatred of the Lakers makes them formulate some wild opinions that they will not back down from. So,
1: and I'm I'm more offended on the Nuggets' behalf. Like they're a damn good team. Stop talking about them like they're scrubs. They're really damn good. That is coming from
0: the individual that said the Lakers would win in 4. In this series.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could not pass up that opportunity. I had to. <laughs>
1: Just, just for the record, I said that because I was trying to catch up to you with my 0. .75 points or whatever. Hey,
0: I gave them respect and said Lakers in five. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll have to see. Obviously, the Lakers have a lot to, to work on and figure out going into game number four. It's going to be a big game, man. If the Lakers lose that game, then it really becomes anybody's series. There's a lot of pressure on the Lakers to win game five. And if the Lakers win Game Four, then we get to see who uh, who is the more powerful force in a three-one series lead or deficit, however you want to look at it. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm, I'm I guess I'm more optimistic because we saw the Lakers defend how they're capable of and how they should, and all of a sudden they wiped away a, a giant deficit in about half a quarter, and then they ran out of gas, which is unfortunate, but. It was it was a Denver
1: road game, so you know you have to have to expect that kind of thing, right? Yeah, anytime you're playing in in the High City, you run <laughs> out of gas in the fourth quarter. You got to know that.
0: <laughs> hey, AD said that the Lakers protected home court after uh, after his game winner, so got to <laughs> lean all the way into it. So, yeah, no another another uh, adjustment that I would like to see the Lakers make in Game Four is. Pull Jokic away from the basket defensively and not do that just by having AD stand at the three-point line. I want to see more LeBron and AD pick and rolls. We saw a glimpse of it in the fourth quarter, and it worked. That's To me, that's just a matchup that the Lakers can really exploit because if the, you do get that switch, you're getting probably Jeremy Grant guarding Anthony Davis, who's just too small to guard him. If, if AD's being aggressive and going towards the basket, Or you're getting Jokic guarding LeBron, and we saw LeBron go right around him for a layup when they they did get that switch. And even if they don't switch, you're forcing Jokic to work on defense and move his feet and defend in space, and that's what you want him to do. So I would really like to see the Lakers offensively, because right now there's just too much standing around, settling for jumpers. Even if it's a simple LeBron, AD, pick and roll, because we've seen a lot of LeBron and and a guard pick and roll, right? Whether it's Caruso, KCP, whatever. I want to see more LeBron AD pick and rolls, especially when AD's at the five and you're making Jokic come out to the three-point line and actually play defense uh, possession after possession.
1: Yeah, and you can still use your guards in that action and, and make a guy like Jamal Murray work. Just have those guys set the screen for AD before he goes to set the screen for LeBron. It has two uh, two main advantages. Yeah keeps the Nuggets moving beyond just the two guys guarding the pick and roll. Everybody has to be involved defensively. And if, you know, one mistake gets made, you get an, e- an easy shot or a good look. And two, it gets Jokic having to kind of scramble to even get to the level of the pick and roll. And you're already kind of starting that action with him off balance. I, I think they need a lot more creativity in their offense rather than, you know, post-ups or just a straight – lebron and whichever guard pick and roll. they need to really make the nuggets work a lot more because right now they're not getting good shots they're getting into their sets super late not even just the fact that they're not getting out in transition because the nuggets just beautifully adjusted after game one they're like we're not letting you get out on fast breaks anymore but they're not even getting into half court sets often enough and Uh, or quick enough, and there's a lot of possessions that, you know, the Lakers are shooting with three, four seconds left on the shot clock and taking desperation shots, um, and and that's just not good offense.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I still ultimately think it comes back to the Lakers on the defensive end and getting – More even just – not even transition opportunities, but kind of semi-transition opportunities where it just kind of gets them a little more rhythm, a little more flow to their offense because they're getting stops, not having to take the ball out and then walk it up into a set Denver defense where they have five guys standing right around the paint uh, a lot of times in the paint, NBA refs. But (laughs) – oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started on that. But we've seen it for three rounds so far, and I think it's been called maybe
1: twice. (laughs) We're gonna go full uh, Rockets bloggers talking about Alex Crusoe, but about three seconds, calls. Yeah, pretty much. Sixteen
0: points. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I would like to see the Lakers. I mean, to me, it starts and it always will start and end on defense for this team. Get stops, get out in transition, get into your offense earlier, and I think this team will be fine. It just it's got to start on the defensive end because you. They set a very poor tone early on in this game, allowing the Nuggets to get just a ton of layups. ton of layups. And the Nuggets got a ton of confidence. Scored 29 in the first quarter and then built upon it and scored 34 in the second quarter and then 30 in the third. So Lakers outscored them 31 to 21 in the fourth. That was more the effort that we want to see. And I think... If they start the game that way, you can start to kind of rotate in some more fresh bodies and you know, you're know you not expending so much energy and having to try and ride the, the hot lineup with LeBron, AD, all your best players. So better start to the game would be much, much better and just, just sustain that. Sustain that defensive intensity and that defensive effort because I really think even though we've seen Denver come back from 3-1 twice in, the, in these playoffs, I really think if the Lakers go up 3-1, the series is over so we'll we'll see hopefully that uh doesn't come back to bite me but i i just i don't know i was so disappointed with that with the effort tonight really really disappointed and i just i hope frank vogel is watching a lot of film and he's got a lot of adjustments up his sleeve
1: yeah absolutely and i hope uh even beyond that just the the players come out with you know the the mentality to really get their belief together i already said shit once on this podcast get their shit together (laughs) (laughs) and i also hope they notice that jamal murray after he hit that
0: one of those threes in the fourth quarter was dancing in the lakers faces and Lillard did the same thing and it was over after that so i hope we see the same thing in this series because i want i would just love for history to repeat itself on a guard dancing on the lakers only to get smacked a couple times in a row after that
1: a lot of streaks on the line. There's three-one. There's Paul Millsap finally getting a win over LeBron in the playoffs for the first time in eleven games, and now there's guard dancing on the Lakers. There's a lot on the line in, in Game Four. It's going to be a pressure pack, pressure pack Game
0: Four, that's for sure. All right, uh, let's dive into. I'm going to dive into the chat. Sorry, I haven't really been looking over at you guys. This has been kind of a therapy session for me and Honey, trying to uh, get over what we just saw in tonight's game because it was incredibly frustrating. Uh, the first question comes from our boy, Donnie. Important question, honey. Are you drinking a Mr. Pibb?
1: No, it is a Dr. Pepper, and we're not sponsored by them, but we will be sponsored by the Popeye's Chicken Sandwich. There we go.
0: I, I love that you took that opportunity there. I'm very proud of you. That's better than the effort that we saw from the Lakers tonight. So, uh, Bever says, just, just got in. I'm not liking Vogel's rotation. Yeah, it's been very uh, – interesting for lack of a better word frustrating I guess would probably be better I did think although Dwight has not been nearly as impactful as he was in game one I did think his energy in the second quarter really picked the Lakers up a little bit and they 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 did kind of cut the gap a little bit going into halftime and I thought Dwight had a lot to do with that because he came in all of a sudden LeBron had a lob target and he threw a lob to Dwight Dwight's energy on defense and I think he had a couple blocks and yeah, I, I think Dwight, we said this after the last game, I think Dwight just needs to, to try and play more, but he's also got to stay out of foul trouble if he does because he's he's picking up fouls at a very <laughs> very high rate uh, for, for the low amount of minutes that he's playing.
1: I, I, I don't even mind the minutes or the fouls as much, but like don't get the stupid technical <laughs> fouls. Like He got called for, uh, I thought, what was a pretty bogus foul just trying to uh, fight for the ball with Jokic. But then he runs down the court and throws the ball to the other side of the uh, arena. Don't do that. Don't give them free points. They missed a free throw, but, you know, don't don't give them that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's see. Uh, Next question. And and another thing, too, with Dwight is he did start the second half of this game, if I'm not mistaken. So Lakers did make a a little bit of an adjustment there. I'm curious to see if they do the same thing going into game number four. All right, Lakers Outsiders for life on Twitch. I, I don't know who that is, but I love you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to see more of the lineup that Vogel used to spark that fourth quarter run?
1: Yeah, so they had, I think, uh, they had basically two lineups, but it was Rondo, uh, Caruso, Kuz, LeBron, and AD for most of it, I think, and then some some of KCP over Caruso <laughs> as well. Um yeah, I mean, I, I like the lineup. It, it seems to be one that makes sense. It, it gives them a lot of movement offensively, and it gives them good defense. Um, I do think, and this is kind of going back on the rotations, I think usually I, I'm a type of person where I like where a coach uh, leaves a player in when they're playing well and just kind of, you know, lets them build on it and and goes with the hot hand. And Rondo was – you know, really impactful defensively in that fourth quarter. But I think that was a point where Vogel should have just said, all right, we got basically as much as we could get out of you. We should bring in, you know, have a Caruso or KCP backcourt because as great as Rondo was, he also gave away some some bad possessions um, uh, late in the fourth, both defensively and offensively, the couple of turnovers and, and some bad defense. So I think uh, there was a moment where Vogel should have said, all right, I'm going with the guys that I – The guys that make more sense in terms of spacing the floor, uh, hitting shots, because you needed to hit shots to come back in that game, and and Rondo wasn't really giving that to you.
0: Yeah, I just, I just wish we saw Rondo in shorter shifts. I think his, I feel like his shifts are way too long. There's times where I feel like he plays like 16 straight minutes, and it's, it's just crazy. I mean, he played 30 minutes tonight, which was third highest on the team. The lineup I want to see more of, and I don't know what the the lineup data suggests or anything or what it's been in the playoffs. But I'd really like to see Caruso, KCP, Danny Green, LeBron, and AD. I think that is probably your most optimal lineup in terms of defense and shooting. Obviously Caruso is kind of hit hit or miss with his shooting. Danny Green probably as well. But I think teams still respect his three-point shooting enough that they're gonna try and fly out and defend him. So I think you give, that's probably gonna maximize your spacing while not sacrificing defense Uh, i just as good as rondo was in the fourth quarter tonight and i thought defensively he did a really good job might have gotten away with a a foul or two here and there but i thought his, his his defensive activity was really good in the fourth quarter and it triggered a lot of fast break points or fast break opportunities for the lakers in the fourth quarter i think that lineup is something i would like to see a little more often because like i said You're still allowing LeBron to kind of play that point guard position, but you can still space the floor with AD at the five, and you have respectable shooting around him. and if they're on, great shooting around him because if Caruso and Danny Green are both hitting their wide-open threes, KCP's been pretty consistent, then I think that's your most optimal lineup lineup on both ends of the floor.
1: Yeah, and one note, that lineup that we were talking about, the one that did, for the most part, close out uh, this game, LeBron, Rondo, Davis, Caruso, and Kuzma. Um, In the playoffs, and I'm not entirely sure if this is uh, accurate for today. Uh, This might be before today, but uh, they have a net rating of 15.2. So it's a lineup that has had – or 15.5, I should say. It's a lineup that has had uh, quite a bit of success in the postseason. Yeah.
0: Let's see. Bevers asks, how do you like Caruso and Rondo on the floor at the same time?
1: Um. I mean, I, I don't mind it. There's parts of it that makes sense. I think defensively, Caruso can kind of make up for Rondo uh, when Rondo gambles for steals or is caught out of position. Um, they can also be they, – they can kind of cause havoc together at times. One of the steals that Rondo got, I thought him and Caruso were basically just like hounding a dude at the same time. Um, so it, it makes sense from that perspective. But offensively, the spacing is an issue. Those are guys that uh, teams are more than willing to let them shoot Uh, especially especially in rondo's case but even in caruso so i think in short spurts if you want to get some defensive intensity up there and you want to get some playmaking out there it makes sense but i don't really like it for long stretches because you know the defensive teams are going to adjust and unless rondo's hitting threes which i mean sometimes he does but sometimes he doesn't then um then it's a pretty big issue i to me
0: it's it's less more less about Caruso and Rondo to me it's more about Rondo and LeBron on the floor at the same time because it's just really hard to give LeBron the spacing that is that is most optimal for him when Rondo's on the floor because teams are just playing off of him and saying please Rondo shoot threes like continue to shoot him and there's a lot I mean there's a lot of times he just doesn't want to you can you can kind of see it he I think he had another couple opportunities today where he could have pulled from three and just didn't so he does a good job when he's when he's driving to the basket but I I'd like to see LeBron and Rondo's minutes staggered a little bit more but you know Rondo as 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 frustrating as he can be and I didn't think he had it for three quarters tonight he's he's gonna play a lot he's a guy that Vogel trusts he's a guy LeBron trusts and AD trusts and he's that's, that's enough for him to to get minutes. of so the Lakers are going to have to figure out how to navigate that because for three quarters tonight, they just didn't. And then Rondo turned it on in a pretty big way in the fourth quarter. If we get playoff Rondo, this team goes to another level, and I don't know if it's a level that they can be beat at when he plays really well. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with those two being on the court at the same time. Probably not a ton of minutes just because I think the nice thing about the Lakers is – with a lot of their lineup combinations, is they they can switch a lot of things defensively, and they're very versatile, and they can play fast while being kind of big at the same time, and they can space the floor with Caruso and Rondo out there. That's essentially, especially if Caruso's not hitting his, his jump shot, that's essentially two guys that defenses are not going to worry about uh, when they're standing at the three-point line. So, spot minutes, I yeah. Not a ton of minutes, but I think they it can work in some, yeah, some lineup combinations. So, got a couple questions about if we think Dwight Howard should start. I think so. Honey, I can't remember if you said yes or no.
1: I don't remember either, but I think yeah. I mean, it makes more sense for Dwight's minutes to come mostly against Jokic, and it makes sense to have him out there at the start to try to uh you know get Jokic out of his rhythm early because I think you know I don't think Jokic was necessarily the the issue in that perspective I think Jamal Murray getting going early was, was kind of an issue tonight and you know you got a guy uh hitting shots early because he's getting open looks and then now he's he's hot and he's feeling it, and then he drills a couple of just wild insane jumpers against you in the fourth quarter I think that stuff does kind of add up so you know I I uh, as much as, you know, I don't blame any any of the centers, even though I don't think any of them played well today, but I think Dwight being out there early makes more sense in terms of getting a, a good start in Game 4, which, I, you know, as we've talked about, is, is pretty crucial, I think.
0: Bevers also says that you look smart as bleep with those
1: glasses on. <laughs> That's why I wear them. I don't even need glasses. That's not true. I'm blind as hell, but thank you.
0: Little does Bevers know, Honey is a certified math genius, so... <laughs> I go to him for all my math homework.
1: And that is a bit that's like five years old and nobody knows about it except me and Gary. At this point.
0: Uh, let's see. Chase says if the Lakers play how they did at end of game four for four quarters, the Nuggets have no shot. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think nobody beats the Lakers, this Lakers team, that if they play that hard and execute that well defensively for four quarters. To me, we saw a six-minute stretch where the Lakers really brought it. And, you, I mean, you saw the results. Now, I don't know if that effort and that energy level is sustainable for 48 minutes, but if they – I mean, if they just – they try harder, they play harder, they they don't get crushed on the glass, they execute defensively, don't blow all these coverages and allow either wide open threes, put Denver on the free throw line, or allow layups, yeah, I, I think the Lakers should win this series. They should win game four and should win game five and hopefully prove my uh, correction or my prediction to be correct again.
1: Just to I'm see- going to be really upset if the Lakers end up winning in six, because then the, the one series that I didn't predict it, <laughs> it happens, that would be really upsetting.
0: So what if they win in five and prove me right? Is that going to make you upset? No, nah, it's fine. I, I like you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Except for uh, when our, our two colleges uh, play one another. So that is it's a different story. Let's see uh, another start. Why no Jr. in this series? I I don't think you can play Jr. in this series. I mean, the the opportunities that he's gotten so far in the playoffs, he just hasn't been very good. Uh, he's hit some shots in garbage time, but the shots that he's played not in garbage time, he just hasn't made, and there's just been too many breakdowns defensively.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I think Jr. is there for emergency purposes only. I don't. I don't think he's going to be really playing in the playoffs at all.
0: And he's been great on the bench. I will give him that.
1: That's true. The, the hand goggles, always always a good touch.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see. Michael on YouTube says, we need more LeBron in the post. This is something that the Lakers have – we've kind of seen flashes of it throughout the year, and I thought it's been pretty effective. To me, it kind of depends on the lineups that you have on the floor because if you don't have enough shooting and spacing around LeBron, then it just – it gets – Kind of tough to even post him up because he can just get a double, and you're throwing the ball to Rondo or Caruso, you know, guys that you don't know if you can trust to to hit a three when they're when they're open. At this point, they're just very very streaky.
1: Yeah, yeah, you need the right lineups, and I think you need the right matchup. Like it doesn't really make sense for LeBron to go in the post if Paul Millsap is guarding him when he can take him off the dribble at all times or put him in a pick and roll. But if Jay and Grant, who's a lot you know skinnier uh, of a player and, and isn't as strong as LeBron is on him, then sure, go in the post. And um, you know le- the Lakers usually generate pretty great offense when LeBron is in the post. Um, it's just a matter of kind of knowing where the rate of diminishing returns on that is, like uh, when it really makes sense and when it's just going to it just because you're comfortable doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah definitely let's see bevers asked can we keep one true big on the floor at all times i kind of think in this series you you probably have to i mean maybe when plumley's out there you can go kind of small and make him have to come out and defend in space and you pull him away from the basket but i the, the way the lakers have given up a ton of layups these last two games i i would really prefer one of dwight or ad being out there at all times just to have some protection on the on the floor defensively
1: yeah, I mean, the, the lineup where Marquise plays center worked really well in against the Rockets, I don't think this is a series where it makes any sense. And Vogel's tried to kind of use it at times, and um, I don't have the numbers handy right now, but I, it just doesn't seem like it's something that uh, makes sense for the Lakers. It's You're not really making the Nuggets adjust to anything while you're also kind of giving them uh, a better avenue to get more offensive rebounds where they've killed you. and. And kind of get easier points at the rim. It just it doesn't really make sense to go to those smaller lineups, I don't, I don't think.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that's why, like I said, I'd, I'd prefer to have one traditional big out there for defensive purposes and rebounding purposes. Because if the Lakers get dominated on the glass again in game four, they're probably going to be in trouble. So, yeah. All right. I think that is it for the questions, unless uh, they come rolling in here in a few seconds. But yeah. I, do we think the Lakers win game four?
1: Yes. Yeah, I do. I. I <laughs> they, they've made me question some things tonight, but I ultimately I, I trust this team that's been incredible and just won seven straight playoff games um, or six straight playoff games. Um, I, I trust them to make the right adjustments and I trust you know LeBron and AD to, to up their game.
0: I think that LeBron is ready to erupt in this series. And I'm going to say yes, the Lakers do win game four. That's my official prediction. I got to stick with it because I picked Lakers in five. So I needed them to win the next two games. So, all right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This was uh, this was very nice. I feel a little bit better after this and kind of talking it out. It's, it's, it's healthy to do that. And uh, hopefully you guys feel the same way. After these wins and losses, join us in the chat. Like, like I said at the start of the pod, we're going to be do these, doing these live after all these playoff games on YouTube. Just, just subscribe to us on YouTube. Just find us, Lakers Outsiders. We'll, we'll pop up. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. Follow us there as well. And then like us on Facebook. Uh, these streams will go live on Facebook as well. So you have three different avenues to join the chat. Drop in your questions. Drop in your frustrations, happiness, whatever it is. And you can celebrate with us, you can be upset with us. That's that's what we're here for. That's why we want you guys to join. And we appreciate those of you joining in the chat. As always, guys, if you just like Lakers Outsiders in general and like the content that we do provide, you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lakers Outsiders and like us on Facebook and get all of our content up on LakersOutsiders.com. You can, as you can see on the screen, if you're watching this stream and not listening to the podcast after the fact, which will be up on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. You can follow Honey on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M and you can follow me at Twitter at Gary Kester. All right, Honey, let's get out of here until uh, Thursday. Says Gary Kessler with Hani and Maudian and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout
1: out Isaiah Thomas.